God, thank you for letting us come here together tonight to learn and just hear from you and from one another. I pray that everything that's said, that I say, be what you want. And I pray that you are glorified from this. In your name I pray, amen. So tonight we're going to be talking about hope. Um, and we're going to be talking about how that hope is so important with trials and persecutions um, and how it's just important for you as a Christian. Um, so we're just going to jump into the first scripture. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 through 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. I'll start For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. As we talk about uh, this tonight, I do want to also clarify that we, uh, I would like you to speak up as well, as the Spirit leads. Um, this is not a straight-up teaching where we don't want you to interrupt. We want you, led by the Spirit, to speak up with scriptures, with um, experiences that you've had throughout this night, okay? So don't be afraid to jump in. Um, let's just go ahead to the next one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not that's Hebrews 11. One. Can you say it one more time for me? For faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith um, is a belief. It's a, uh, it's something like, let's say you're looking forward to the end of the week, right? And you're looking forward to the end of the week because you don't have to work and that makes you happy. So if you're looking forward to the end of the week, you are hopeful because you know something good is going to happen because I no longer work. That is the good thing. That's what you are hoping for, if you will. Now, belief is, or faith is the belief, the expectation on past experiences and the expectation of what's going to happen in the future uh, that you know this is not, I'm not going to work this weekend. So you have belief, you have faith that I'm not going to work this weekend and that makes you happy and that happiness, if you will, or what you're looking forward to is the hope that comes along with that. The, the, what, what you're hoping for, um, it relates to it. It's, there are two different things, but that's kind of like how that works, if you will. Does that make sense? Okay. It will make sense as we keep I, going. I just want to add that belief and faith are the same word in the Greek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just like, if you're going to use them interchangeably, there's there's precedent yeah, for that, precedent. yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Awesome. Uh, let's go to the next one. Second Corinthians 5, 6 through 9. So we are always of good courage. We know, we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. So we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Walk by faith, not by sight. Um, And we make it our aim to please God. I think that the next one is uh, Hebrews 11.6. Can we please read that right off the back of that, please? And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it's just like with faith, hope, and love if you're going to have hope in the Lord you kind of have to have hope, uh, faith <laughs> that's there because that's what pleases God as well um, let's keep going um, is it Romans? 5, 1, 2, 2 now? okay, go ahead yeah, absolutely Beneficial for, like, I feel like everybody understands what hope means, but I also, like, looked at some of the Greek and it kind of cleared a few things up. Yeah. But, um, 
based on BOB. The hope is in religious sense to wait for salvation with joy and full confidence. Granted, that goes back to what you were saying, like waiting for like the end of the week because you don't have to wait for another to be happy. Yeah. But like, I just want to try to say that. No, absolutely. I just, I just want to add, like, the, that difference between, like, hope and faith, because they're obviously, like, faith is an assured hope. Like, faith is a hope that you are sure of. It's, um, I kind of think of faith as, like, a humble knowing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this, and I am just, I have to be dead wrong if it's wrong, and I accept that I might be dead wrong. Um, I have faith that this chair will not fall apart beneath me. And I'm just going to have to get hurt if I'm wrong. And I guess it's possible, but I have faith in the chair. And I think about hope. Like, yeah, I sure do hope the chair doesn't fall apart, I guess. Um, but there can be a difference when it's a hope that's not necessarily a faithful hope of like, okay, I have faith that my weekend is not going to require me to work, but I'm hopeful that it will include good things. Yes. Yep. Right? Or... Um, you may you may have the faith and belief in that chair to hold you, but you were hoping that's a comfy chair as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, like I don't know anything about the chair to know whether or not it's comfy if I haven't if I don't have experience with it. If or I think about like the disciples, they know God, or the yeah the disciples they know like Jesus is coming back, and they may hope he's coming back before they die. You know, like I kind of hope he comes back before I die. That's cool, but like. I have faith he's coming back, and I have hope that I get to see that beautiful thing. Happen, but yeah. I understand in in humility that like it's not my own knowledge to know he's coming back, but it's also like I don't even have nearly enough knowledge to know when it's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, and we talked about it a little bit before Colin, but like in all of this, like recognizing how like our hope is different from the world's hope. And I think we'll start talking about that more throughout the night, but, like, it's one thing to have hope in, like, worldly things, but, like, ours sure. surpasses, like, our circumstances, and we'll kind of end on that. Like, it goes, like, setting your mind on the things above. Like, it's not just the things that you see, and I think mm-hmm. that's with faith as well. Like, it's, yeah. it's not just physical. Yeah, absolutely. When I think, like, that's... We read... I was just thinking, like, we walk by faith and not by sight. We read that, and we don't read it in the context of, they're literally saying, like, I would rather walk by the side of the Lord. Like, we kind of miss, like, I would much rather see God in front of me. But that's, (laughs) with that not being the option, instead, we walk by faith to please the Lord, because you can't please Him without faith. Absolutely. You can't just walk by what you see, I think, is, like, the other end of that. And I think, like, important, and I know we read them back-to-back, but we read them back-to-back because, like, sight, even though we want to have sight, sight alone is not enough either. Absolutely. And I think we'll also get into it later a little bit also, but um, the faith and that hope from that faith is so much more when you can't see it right in front of you. When you see it right in front of you, what glory, what power does that give to God? What, what does that show about your faith and your hope in God? Yeah, go ahead. We're almost there. <laughs> Abby, you're volunteering. Absolutely.
Where it says, like, you should always, rejoice like, always. Rejoice, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yeah, and we're gonna we're actually gonna hit uh, Romans five three again later tonight oh. as well. No worries, no, you're good, you're good. It, it it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Having hope, I think, makes those things all the more possible. It gives you more peace. And so, like, you have that peace and that understanding from the Holy Spirit. And, like, with that hope, like, with that hope, you're given those things. And, like, oh, well, if you're persecuted, oh, well, if you stub your toe, oh, well, if you have a bad day, like, you still have the peace from God. The and, expectation like, of that peace, of those good, yeah. yeah the, like, the emotions are more complex. Like, that's another thing. Like, our emotions are more complex because, like, we also have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. I just wanted to bring up for a second when five can I think too, like the hope does not put us to shame. And we'll read time and time again about like how God like does provide for us and does care for us and like Was that in this verse right here? Or was uh, that it keeps going in five? Okay, so okay. Let's talk about it then. But I yeah. like I don't know, I come back to that like yeah. we have a hope that we have faith that it won't put us to shame. It won't put you to shame, yep. Yes. What it comes down to is like we rejoice, we have peace, we've been justified by this faith, this faith that allows us to please the Lord Almighty also gives us hope for something more in this life, in the life to come, and we rejoice in that, it's not going to put us to shame, it's going to lead us to rejoicing. Exactly. The next one, please. Oh, First Peter 1, 3 through 9. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. There's a, a lot. <laughs> um, there's a lot. Uh, but I think what really... It's only two it's sentences? Three, three. three sentences. <laughs> what really I just hone in on there is... We rejoice in that persecution, in those trials that come against us, because we know that our God, our, our faith... Our inheritance. Go ahead. What were you saying? Our, our inheritance, our inheritance um, will allow us, will push us through that, and that's also what we want, what we desire, what we're hoping for. That's what we're <laughs> we're yearning for. So, I'm gonna do a Greek plug again. <laughs> do it. Do it. So, so trials and tests in this verse are different Greek words, but they come together in pairs a lot because to go on trial is to be proven like guilty or guiltless. And that tested genuineness, like that tested by fire, like that is just about like proving generally. And I think it's important that if, like we're talking about suffering, we're talking about persecution, but it's also the things, those are the things that test you. Those are the things that put you to the fire and say, it's time basically to see if you let us burn off what's not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and if your faith is safe. When it comes down to it, do you sit down in the chair? Yeah. What do you mean by do you sit down in the chair? Could you explain that yeah, a little bit more? Yeah, um, it's James 1, some 
thing that says faith without works is dead. You can say you it, there's also, you know, like even the demons believe and shudder. But like you can believe in your head all you want, but if you don't believe with your action, if you don't like live your life out of that faith, it's not really genuine. Especially in the sense I think about like if I'm dead tired of been standing for twenty hours, of course I want to sit in a chair. And I think um, eternity is set on man's heart, right? Like God is set on our hearts. The idea that there's something more, something all powerful, something that you know, it doesn't matter what you believe about how the world was formed, eventually you get to a point where, like, something existed, even if it was two molecules that exploded, that you don't have an explanation for. Yeah. And so I think it's at the point of, do you live life, act life, like, has it, is that faith genuine in you so that it's changed your life and you act from it? Yeah. Do you sit in the chair? I, like, I... I think also to go with that, at the very end, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know, uh, you, you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Has God changed your life? Has he impacted you in a way to where you are happy to serve him? You are, you are hopeful for the things that he has done in your life and you want that to happen to other people. You have faith in what he has done for you that he can do it for other people as well. Um, that really is a big part, I think. Anybody else have anything with that? All right, let's go to the next one then. Romans 8, 24 and 25. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if you hope for what you do not see, we wait for this with it's a little bit of a confusing sentence there. Um, <laughs> so I'll read it one more time. Uh, for who hopes for what he sees, but if we hope for... That's not the confusing part. I'm sorry. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with the patience. If we wait for it with patience. Like, if I wanted a phone in my hand, I'm hoping for a phone. Uh, it's... I see it, I have it, it's right here already. <laughs> it's, it's not something I'm hoping for, it's already in front of you. If I'm hoping for a brand new laptop, that's more like, I guess, an actual hope because it's not here, I don't have it, I don't have it obtained. And I think this verse is very important because it's talking about, for this is the hope we were saved with, the one that we did not see. We didn't see Jesus. We didn't see uh, these events take place in front of us. Uh, but we have that belief and faith that those did happen. And we are hopeful for the outcomes that those caused for us to be here, for us in the future as well. Does that make sense? We wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. In this hope, we were saved. Obviously, we believe that hope comes from Christ. Yeah. Romans eight fourteen. Wow, it's we're going like, to read very, something similar to that later, too. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and on to the next one. Romans 15, 13. <laughs> May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That's pretty straightforward. I, I don't know what else to add to that one for you. <laughs> I just like that it connected to like the hope that you have that you will be sons that comes through being led by the Spirit. Oh, look, in the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope. Imagine that. <laughs> Ta-da! All right, well, let's go to the next one. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has approved in salvation for all people. 
training us to renounce our violentness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one disregard you. No, you're good. You're good. Um, the part that really sticks out is waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. That's our hope. That's what we want. That's what we should be looking forward to. Uh, we we have faith and expectation and belief that this is going to happen, and that hope for it should be there as well. We should be celebrating in that. It is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I hope you would think it's a good thing. <laughs> First Thessalonians two nineteen through twenty. joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming is it not you for you are our glory and joy we're going to talk about uh, glory and joy and um, the glory and joy that God gets from not only us um, but all of his believers but also is like us through his son um, and that is so important with our hope um, and you'll see I'm not going to spoil it that's a, that's a spoiler. So, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. Now, if the ministry of death, caused through martyrs of stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all, because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more, much more will what is permanent have glory. Stop right there. So. I want you guys to catch this real quick. It's saying here that the Old Covenant still brought glory. And that is something we should recognize. And if that ministry of condemnation brings glory, did bring glory to God, how much more glory will this new covenant have? I heard a lot of mumbles, but if anybody wants to say it out loud... <laughs> Must far exceed it, yeah. I, just, I think I said enough. Like, our righteousness is what brings back that adoption. Like, before the law, law did bring glory, and it was meant, there's the verses about why did why did the Jews not obtain righteousness through the law? Because they didn't seek it through faith. Mm -hmm. And so, what our faith does changes now. The Spirit puts the law, not the law of the Jews, the law of God, the law of faith on our hearts instead of letters of stone because it's a very similar description of this it might be oh it's in this the letter kills the spirit gives life it's the verse right before that um, I don't know I could talk about this all night so I'll shut up <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we don't live under the law is something we miss a lot and we make we make new laws that weren't even given to us by God we change translations of scripture we add words that are there in the Greek. We do all kinds of things so that we can fit new laws onto people instead of following faith. Yep. Yeah. Emily, will you please keep reading? <laughs> Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would have put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day... When they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ it is taken away. 
Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, we have hope now, right? And that hope is that we will be transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. Um, that we will be able to be free. We will be able to be bold and speak and lead when we need to. And just because the one way of doing things is now over doesn't mean it stops. It's only going to pick up. So. You good? All right. Ephesians 2, 11 through 16. Circumcised, uncircumcised, Jew nor Gentile, it doesn't matter. All through Jesus Christ on that cross, you have been brought back into the family called co-heirs with God, doing the ministry with God, beside him. That faith and belief should make us hopeful should get us excited for what will happen, what we're going to be doing. What we should, well, what we want, what we, oh, what we, what we are desiring to do. Bad language there, sorry. Yes. Hold on, I want to make sure the scripture's not on here before I read it. Alright. <laughs> um, Hebrews 8, 6. I was just thinking when we read that, uh, talks about um, promises. Like, we used to be strangers to the promises of God, the covenantal promises of God, but we've now received that new covenant. Um, Hebrews 8, 6 says, But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than old as a covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. Better promises. Maybe adoption and inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to be excited for. Something to be hopeful for. Are we good? Okay. All right. Yeah, I just keep thinking about, maybe someone can find it for me, but when Jesus says, like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, um, and kind of how we started it off, like, um, the first verse, like faith, hope, and love. Like, mm-hmm. how many times have I said those and like not really thought about like the meaning of them and how they correlate and how they all go together and just thinking about like the way, the truth, and the life, like what that means for us as well. And then even like this is the gospel, like this is the crux of it. Like he came so that we can be inherited, so that we can be adopted. And then Paul says somewhere like even if I come more like an angel of light with a different gospel, like. Galatians 1? Yeah. Um, Okay, that John 14 is the way, the truth, and the life, and then that's Galatians 1 where he's like, he's like, sorry, yeah, what she literally just referenced, I just know where it is. Yeah, but 
you might speak to it too, Kylie, but, like, reminding ourselves, like, that is it. Like, it's nothing else other than, like, Jesus coming, <laughs> Jesus dying on the cross for us, and so that we can be inherited, so that we can have the Holy Spirit, so that we can have faith, and that faith won't put us to shame, and, like, I don't know, just, like, it's really the... <laughs> realizing the weight of that and understanding that, like, this is the only way. And it's how often we try yeah. and, like, make other ways, or, like, it, it's it's the good news, the gospel, yeah. <laughs> and like I've been calling it the good news. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the gospel, it's the good news, and like and like because of God's love for His people, for us, yeah. that's why we have faith. That's why we have that hope in Him for what one day will be. Yeah. You know what and I'm like saying? If God didn't love us and send His Son, then we couldn't really have hope. We couldn't like have faith in this context and in this covenant. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is that is the good news. That is hope. Romans 8, 18 through 24, please. I think that's where we're at. Yeah. Okay. I consider, the, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage and corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for we hope for who hopes for what he sees. Uh, this kind of just summarizes what we all just said. That's also in Romans 8. That's like also in Romans 8, yeah. We could have just read that We could have read all of Romans 8 tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to pause for a minute because if you want to say something, if you have something, do it. <laughs> but I don't think I should keep going quite yet. <laughs> so I'm going to pause. was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Um, I think it's easy to, like, skip over that. Honestly, like, I think it's easy to say, yeah, okay, God does whatever he wants because he's God. Um, And to not really look at it, but I think that's why people have broken images of a God that causes evil and destruction and, like, preordains grandma getting cancer, like, that kind of stuff. And I think it's, I know Genesis 3 is like my chapter, my ish. Um, It's just weird. It's the fall. It's the fall of mankind. (laughs) I love it. Um, But I think of like, when was creation subjected to futility? Um, I just had to bridge over to futility because it's a weird word in English too. Um,
Yikes, that's a definitely not good to the Greek. Okay. Um, that's fine. To, yeah. Maybe it's, uh, I guess it's not cursed, but it's depravity. Okay. It's devoid of truth and appropriateness. I thought it was funny. Um, but, like, why did God subject creation to this? I go back to the garden. I go back to, well, when were we subject to be void of truth? Well, what is truth? God, Christ says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Right, and so, you know, God kind of has the choice to, like, just wipe it all off and start over, honestly. But he subjects us to know, go out from the garden, don't live forever, because I don't want you to be in the shame that you've already, like, you've already kind of stepped into futility on your own, but I'm choosing all of creation to be this way. And then at Babel, he chooses to disperse us, to put us under other rulers, other maybe spiritual rulers, if you interpret the Hebrew that way, like, he splits us up, and it is, there are places devoid of truth, I mean, that's the whole point of their being Israelites, mm-hmm. is these people have my truth, mm-hmm. and they are to bring it to the rest of the earth, and like, that's the point, that's what follows, is why would God let creation be void of truth, be void of what is good and holy, well, it's in the hope that we'll be set free from the corruption that got us there in the first place and have freedom of the glory as his children. Mm-hmm. The point of the old covenant, the point of everything has always been since Abraham, okay, I'm going to create a people that are mine, holy, set apart, and they're going to bring everybody in and bless all the nations. Yep. God kind of had to step in and do it a little more directly, you know, because we are full of corruption and bound to it. We don't have to be. Like, that's, we are God's hope. Like, we, us as Christians, like, we have achieved the hope that God had for creation. And we read the verse, it was in Thessalonians, I want to say. Let's say, what is our hope? What is our hope? Like, Paul and Timothy writing that, it's the disciples they've made, because the point of being a disciple is to make more disciples, because Christ says, go baptize all nations. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the hope of the Father, and it's the hope that we have, and that we have authority with now. I just, I didn't, I think we can do a disservice by just skipping over that part, and like that question of like, it does kind of sound like, okay, God ordained the lack of truth. Well, how does that really work? Yeah. Right. Romans 5, 3 through 5. This is the second half of what Abby mentioned earlier. <laughs> Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Molly talked about this a little bit earlier as well, too. This hope does not put us to shame. This, because of the love. Because of the faith and hope and love in Christ. (laughs) I thought he was about to say something. Redeems everything, then like you want to do those good works, and you are zealous of them, not to 
make a name for yourself, but like in all of this, like you have hope for God to be glorified in your life because you are His. Yeah. Titus two fourteen is like one of my favorite verses. Yeah, I think the next verse is going to actually hop right off the back of that, Molly. So let's go ahead and read that. Uh, it's Hebrews ten nineteen through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As this happens, we should be encouraging one another, lifting one another up, pushing one another forward so that we can do this together. So that we can go out with a true heart and full assurance of our faith to speak the truth, to speak the good news to these people. To show them the same faith, hope, and love that we have that they can have. Philippians 4, 8-13 through 13, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have, re- you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We clipped that last line. <laughs> what, what were you going to say, Lucas? Sports. Sports. <laughs> um, do you want to read that? So how do you talk to a teenager who shared with you that when he got picked up by cops and then when he was released, that cop said, I'm sorry, your folks don't want to come get you. How can we help him see there's still hope for him? You can go ahead. I think, honestly, like the answer is in actually having that verse in its fullness. Is I think it's a matter of like we want to put our hope in the things we can see. We want to say, there's hope for you. You might go to school. You might find other people who love you. You might do this. Like, there is hope. And I think those are things like you should still bring to people because the Lord cares about those things as well. But if the foundation is those things, then we miss a lot, and it's set on circumstances. Whereas Paul says, like, our even just our contentment, let alone our hope, our ability to be okay is kind of what I think of when I think of being content. Like, that is about Christ. That is about there's something even bigger than, on both sides, honestly, there's something even bigger than the beautiful, wonderful love some of us have seen from our parents and seen from the forgiveness of authority figures, maybe like a cop, maybe just a teacher, maybe a coach. But there's also hope that is so much bigger than the sufferings we see in this world. And there is more. And I think sometimes a lot of what people miss in that hope is we kind of take the spirit out. We take the supernatural out. Um, We try to say like, ah, well, Jesus loves you, like, the end, and and then all we can really do is put it on, like, these human terms of love. Mm-hmm. We don't bring people the supernatural healing, redemptive power of Christ that 
surpasses all circumstances but doesn't mean you won't suffer yeah. right we, we say our sufferings actually can be for the glory of God and that is worth more than everything else I have and I think sometimes we before we even start those conversations we assume people won't take to them and not everybody will take to them I think we have good reason to not have faith that every single person will come to believe because if we would then like we'd be done you know what I mean like snap God would have come back like would it be cool there wouldn't, wouldn't be, be a whole lot of work to do yeah <laughs> there wouldn't be much to do but I think when we when we go in worried about will I say the right word for this kid or that cop or this kid's parents honestly too I think sometimes we forget um, that not only victims need spoken to but those who have become abusers now there's also scripture about not associating with people who claim the name of Christ and continue on in abuse that's a different story but we make assumptions that people are too far gone Paul was murdering Christians literally like signing their death warrants people if we if we walk up with the expectation if we have no faith not not just in those people but that in our god is powerful enough to move them and to change them they're not they're not going to understand the hope of god because we've not shown it to them if we don't walk up with hope that the most exciting glorious thing that could happen to you is to have faith in the lord and let him guide the rest of your life when we have people pray salvation prayers, we always have that little, okay, maybe not always. I The only time I've ever heard salvation prayers, people say, like, or even when we baptize, do you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life? And I think we talked about it last week, Nathan, you talked about, like, we think submitting to the Lord is losing. We represent it to people that way, too, though. We say, like, will you give up your life for Jesus instead of will you take on the life of the adopted son and co-inheritor of a ministry? The, That's think, more exciting. Yeah, That's yeah. what God cares about. Like, sure, he wants you to leave behind the rest, but it's so you can take up the new. I think a big part of it is the expectation level has been lowered so much that it's you're expected to just show up and then to go home and what kind of enjoyment what kind of purpose in your life do you get out of just being a part of one more thing you signed up for and that what was that it is a cycle it is a cycle of the same way of life there there's not a excitement and looking forward to of what is to come of what my life can be, how I can change my life and others' lives as well, and and do what do what God has for that. You know what I'm saying? For me, for that person, the expectation level is down here when it should be so much higher, and that is on us. It's our turn to make it higher. Is there one more? Or was that it? That's it. That's it. That's it. So, we'll have a discussion now. <laughs> um, but, really, I had... I have a couple questions, but I really am open for this to go anywhere because this right here, what just we talked about, should be talked about more. Um, that expectation level, how does it change? How do you bring hope to a hopeless world? Like, how honestly, do you... that's, that's the question. Is like People who have never seen hope, how do you get them to believe in your hope? And I think that language is terrible. Like... It's not about, like, I'm going to get you there, but I think that expectation... How am I going to afford Part two, answer to that question, like, represent the hope of them as if it's actually something to hope for, 
but also like represent it's fake hope and love i think when people don't have hope it's because they don't have love a lot of times and so you know if if we say go be filled and warm like hey there's hope you can have it bye I think before we even like go to that place, though, you need to ask yourself: Is your hope there at that same pl- yeah. at that same place? Is your is it with the same hopes and desires as God? Is that that same level? Is it is your hope trying to even raise the bar? You know what I'm saying? And then also, how do we do that? How do we do that to, with others? I mean, it's it's that whole like living by faith and not by the law. You can take the young man in whose parents have abandoned him and then you can teach him how to be a good person and call it God. Or you can take the boy in, you can show him the love of the Father, you can show him how faith changes lives. And we read a scripture about how it will lead us, it will actually, I think it said train us. Um, More of a continuing thing that we learn more and more. We are trained up in uh, leaving ungodliness behind us. Yes, yeah. Um, something along those lines. I might have butchered it. It was... <laughs> it's close. Um, like, that should be a part of it, but I think so often, and maybe it's, I'm thinking this particularly because, like, the example brought up involved the cops, too, but, like, we take people in to fix them instead of to show them the freedom of Christ. Right. That, that we did talk about the freedom. We're trying to break yeah. bonds of corruption by works of man, works of law, works of anything except the love of the spirit and sometimes it's it's love but it's not the fullness of love that comes in the spirit and i think it's dangerous to say we have i really like molly says it like we don't have a monopoly on love exactly we have a fuller love than the world will ever know but if we start treating people like they're incapable of anything that looks like love or has like the beginnings of love we have to watch for when it's just an appearance of godliness um Oh, I, I, I think of this first verse, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah. 